Good morning. It's July 5th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. Today's title is Greener. And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Luke 12:15. We've been looking at zero-lot line, gated, lock-and-leave type houses lately. We're both in our mid-60s and the large house with yard and pool on a creek in which we raised four children simply seems almost a waste, with just the 2.25 of us. Sterling the cat has passed, but Windsor the Labradoodle is one-quarter human. Admittedly, it's nice to have the pool, playroom, and simply more space when the grandkids come over, but it doesn't seem critical. The no-maintenance part seems the most attractive part of a potential move. We found a great place on a green space, no lawn, vaulted ceilings, master bedroom down, in a gated community, 30 years newer than our house, but still 20 years old. Smaller and at first appraisal considerably more money than our house. Location, location, location. I drove back to snoop around on my own, and now that we have the gate code, shh. Exploring the exterior in detail, I noted the 20-year-old AC units, the beginnings of rot under the large deck the constant humming sound of the nearby freeway, which I had previously taken for the sound of the creek. There's really no place to park on the small cul-de-sac if you have a gathering. The two-car garage is listed as oversized, but I would say only if both of us drove Mazda MX-5s, and the kitchen window looks at a blank brick wall five feet away. There is nothing, really, that we don't like about our house, except the upkeep and the guilt of living in a space large enough for four or five homeless families. It's roughly similar to my continuing to offer my wife a new car when the one she has, a 10-year-old Lexus, has nothing wrong with it and only 50,000 miles on it. There are places to live and livings to make and lifestyles to have elsewhere, by the ocean, in the mountains, all of which sound like they might be better. Jesus had some advice on this point. In fact, he and his dad thought it was a good enough idea to make it the 10th and final commandment. Thou shalt not covet. Covet means not just to want something, but to long for it, to convince yourself that you must have it, you need it. It's not legitimately needing a new house because yours leaks and floods when it rains. It's convincing yourself that you really need a new house because you love the way it looks, inside and out, and possibly even because you have friends with the same type of high ceilings and zero lot line that you love. Maybe you just love the way it makes you look. There's an old expression, The grass may look greener on the other side of the hill, but that means there's a lot more to mow. Learning to be content with what we already have is one of the keys to peace, as the Apostle Paul discovered, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He tells us that he knows how to be content with a lot and content with a little. The secret? 
Quote, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me, unquote. This is one of the most incorrectly applied quotations in scripture. It doesn't mean you can leap tall buildings at a single bound. The Greek word autarkis, translated strength, is used only here in the entire Bible. The Greek Stoics used it to mean self-sufficient in all circumstances. But Paul uses it to mean divine sufficiency, for it is Christ who allows him to be satisfied, whether in plenty or in want. The chosen people ended up in exile because it proved impossible for man to, quote, keep all the commandments, unquote, and every promise from God was dependent on the perfect compliance needed to become righteous. The recognition that living under the law only points to all our sin left the door open for God's grace, expressed in the undeserved forgiveness he offers us through Christ's redemptive death on the cross. How do we not covet? We all still sin, that is clear, even though we no longer have to do so. So how do we not covet? We call on the divine strength offered to us through our faith in Christ. We depend on the Holy Spirit to remind us that we have the power to be content with what we have because the power offered through God's indwelling us is, quite frankly, immeasurable. Next time you think you need, you long for that new phone, car, house, partner, job, or transfer, make sure it isn't just wanting it. God has no objection to our having the things we want, nice things, useful things, even pretty things. What God abhors is our feeling like we have to have what belongs to someone else or one just like it, whether that's a possession, wealth, or another person. Working hard and acquiring possessions is all right. You just don't make it the object of your hard work. Draw on God's power through prayer. The next time you see something that someone else has that you really think you need to have as well, just bringing it to the Lord is the most important step. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you bring to our minds the Tenth Commandment when we set out to possess something new. Prayer and patience will bring the right answer, as you see into our hearts. And we know that you have written the law in our hearts already. We live not under the law, but under grace. We know, Lord, that this doesn't mean we can ignore your instructions, only that Jesus is the only man who has ever lived a perfect, sinless life, and drawing on his power is what we need in order not to covet. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.